0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, with your hosts Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Now let's join the conversation.
1: Well, tis the season to hit the stores and do a whole bunch of shopping uh, as we get closer to Christmas. I know a lot of people are out there uh, retailing, of course, buying Christmas gifts. And one of the things that's discussed this time of year is the war on Christmas or the term war on Christmas. And certain retailers are very open about using the term Merry Christmas and other retailers are not. American Family Association every year puts out their naughty and nice list of the retailers that are naughty versus nice as it relates to... Uh, as it relates to the use of the word Christmas. And so we're going to talk about that and all things War on Christmas on this National Crawford Roundtable podcast this week. John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself, Bob Duco. Gentlemen, how are you today? Everybody get your shopping done yet? I'll bet nobody's even started. We're guys.
2: Yes, Ever right. started? started
1: <laughs> Did you start really? <laughs> yes. Wow. No. It's. I'm thinking it's the guy's job to wait until uh, pretty much December 24th when almost every store is closed, and then somebody pretty much ends up <laughs> yeah. with a 7-Eleven gift certificate and a big gulp for Christmas. That's how it works. You if I didn't have my wife, just so you know,
3: you say that's like it's a bad thing, Bob. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
1: mean,
3: those, those are good presents, aren't they? Hey, I look, mean, hey I
1: agree. Girl, yeah. Except, don't forget, in New York, you can't get a big gulp because. Okay, I'm getting all political oh, now. Well, yeah. You know how that works. Uh, yeah, Actually, I'm kind of curious. Before we get into the whole war on Christmas question, do people still even stop or, or shop in, in stores anymore? I mean, it's uh, more and more people are just sitting in front of their computer ordering on Amazon. Uh, amazingly, you go to a lot of the malls. They're just not packed with people like they used to be. Uh, I'm kind of curious how you guys – Handle this. I, I mean, Neil. Let me start with you. Do you even physically still go to the stores, or is it just us old school guys who st- who still do that? And anybody younger than us is now just sitting at home ordering online.
0: I'm 59 years old, Bob. I have never been caught in a store even once in my whole. life. Really? You know? Well, I'm 59, <laughs> yeah. and that's pretty much the only place I go. So,
1: yeah.
0: no, uh, really. I, I, so let me just say. All right. No, we we. Uh, My wife primarily does her Christmas shopping on that front, but I'm not a big shopper. However, I give one day a year that I say, honey, I'm all yours and let's go and do whatever you want. So then we spend time, you know, browsing through stores. So we still do that traditionally, but even our family has kind of taken to ordering gifts online and stuff. It's so simple. It's ridiculous. And I feel bad because we're not supporting local retailers and stuff, but you know, um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. See, I'll tell you, I've got such mixed emotions about this because way back in my old life, uh, before getting into radio and such, I used to – I was a retailer. I actually owned a chain of sportswear stores throughout southeast Michigan. And, uh, and before that, I was a regional manager of uh, you know a retail clothing chain and such. And so I understand the retail business. And it's for me, you know, Black Friday was a major day. It's like all of our my store managers and such they had to get the stores all ready and we're stocked and we're ready to go and whatever. And so this idea now of the brick and mortar stores just dying on the vine because people are sitting at home and Amazon and everything else. I got mixed emotions. I get the convenience of that, but I feel really bad. Uh, Roger, I I don't know. I feel really bad for some of these poor brick-and-mortar stores out there that are trying to survive.
3: Yeah. I, I, I do too, to a certain extent. I mean, I understand the market's going to do what the market's going to do. You yeah, know, know. Customers are driving that. The consumers are there saying, okay, this is more convenient. At the same time as a consumer, every time I'm in a supermarket and I'm walking up and down the aisle and I see the signs that says, hey, if you order this online, you can have it in three hours. And I respond, well, I'm right here and I'll take it home now. Yeah. You know, So why would I want to wait for it? That's convenience. I mean, I, <laughs> but then I get to make that decision. So when it comes to shopping, I mean, as the lone single representative here uh, on the group, uh, I usually wind up doing gift cards and you know money and car. You know, Christmas cards were really big on that type of thing. But in terms of fighting the crowds, I, I have been in a couple of retail stores recently. I mean, I, probably before the Christmas rush officially began. And you're right, it's a ghost town. You know, you can you can walk into a, a department store and find one or two people. You know, and what you would think would be peak wow. shopping time. Because and there's no line of people. Walking through the checkout, they're all going to the online order place where they're saving themselves a few bucks by ordering it online or ordering it even through Amazon, and then it's delivered to that store, which I think mm. is just completed <laughs> idiocy. But I mean, that's, that's why would people want that? Well, yeah. What am I
1: hold on? What am I missing here, Roger? Why would you get in your car, drive to a store, find a parking space, walk in? The product is there that you can take with you, but walk over to the online place buy it online have it shipped there to the store at a later date and have to drive back there again to get I, I, unless i'm missing something what is the purpose yeah. of they don't
3: have it in stock is that it if they don't have, they have it in stock it, yeah it, it's a not, it's a non in stock thing or sometimes they drive you to their website first and say hey we got a better deal online and then once you buy it they say okay well but by the way if you want to save some shipping Go to our store and pick it up there, and so it's all part of the game. And for whatever reason, I think there's a younger generation that looks at that and says, "Oh, that's cool. I saved a couple of bucks," not realizing the opportunity cost of saying, "I got to get in the car, I got to burn some gasoline, I got <laughs> to take get... my own time and go do it myself." So know. you know, it, it it's just it's just so interesting it, to see where the world it, is it, right it's now.
1: like the people that the, a gas station's running some special. And it's like, hey, ten cents off. And so what people do is they sit in their car uh, for an hour and a half, basically burning about ten dollars <laughs> worth of gas, so that yep. they can. Fill up and save themselves ten cents a gallon. So, uh, so John, are you out there uh, experiencing the Christmas rush? Hey, you like the uh, you like the 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 rush for reason, the rush for the season?
2: I yes, I I am not a typical man. I have shopped for years for especially you know my my wife when it comes to even by my wife majority of the clothes that she wears. I'm very uh, capable of handling all of those sorts of things and do so at Christmas time and I will do things all sorts of ways. I will do things online. I will go to the store. Uh, I'm one of those guys where sometimes I will go to the store to get different ideas because there's something about something tangible and physical that you can look at versus what you see online that the one thing the online guys just have not got figured out and it's going to be very hard to do so without some sort of a a uh, you know uh, ability to actually touch and feel something and or have a 3D image of it it's still hard at times to see what a particular item looks like even the material for example of a garment it's extremely difficult to see what some of those things are like without actually physically going and looking at them and so when it comes to certain items uh you know uh, you know, dresses and clothing and even shoes, for example. Shoes is another one that I just see really, yeah, there's online shoppers, you know, Zappos, places like that. But when it comes to, you know, putting on a shoe, trying it on, walking around the store for a few minutes to see if it's something that you really like and it fits and it works. I mean, I've bought some shoes personally online and I've never been happy, frankly, doing that unless it's something I already already wear and I own and I can just go out and buy it again. But yeah, when it comes to Christmas shopping, I will do... All of the above guys, and yeah, I'm, I'm also one of those guys that doesn't procrastinate. I, you won't see me out on Christmas Eve doing anything. I will have everything done, you know, a week or so prior to wow. that. Wow.
1: Why, you
0: are the man, John Ross. I'm
2: impressed. Good, so. I'm impressed.
1: Yeah, you're uh, you're really making the rest of us look like a bunch of slackers. But you know, that's uh, that's good. My thing is, thank the Lord for my wife and for wives because she's the one she she handles yes. all this stuff. And well, you know how it works, as guys. A big difference between men and women is that uh, men, as I've said before, our wives can go out and buy our own mother a birthday card or a Christmas card, (laughs) write a bunch of mushy stuff in it, Ask us to just sign our name, usually just the first name in the bottom right-hand corner. Then she mails it, and then we get credit for being such a thoughtful son. And so, you know, thank the Lord wow. for the wives is how I look at it. I say, holiday
0: here. season is a time where a lot of people experience depression, but I just found a new way to be depressed. Bob, thank you. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> yeah, you're we welcome. I'm, I'm glad that I Man. can help. Uh, <laughs> That'll be next week's show. <laughs> which then does which which then brings us
1: to the store shopping experience because you go into stores and we see the the Merry Christmas signs in some. We don't see them in others. And American Family Association every year puts out what they call their naughty and nice list. And they've put out their 2019 naughty and nice list. And, And this list is basically the retailers who refuse to use the term Christmas in their advertising or in their store signage, uh, they're kind of on the naughty list. They're treating Christmas like it's a dirty word somehow. It's a controversial word. Let's just use season's greetings, uh, happy holidays, or even just wintry wonderland. Uh, And then the nice list, of course, are those retailers who are willing to embrace the use of the word Christmas. And, And I've noticed an interesting trend over really the last few years, the naughty list was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then there was a bunch of backlash from Christians and certainly American Family Association and others. And a lot of retailers, they ended up on the naughty list, and then they have now gone back to the nice list because they're like, well, let's go back to using the word Christmas after all. And so I got a copy of the list here, and I just want to throw it out for for everybody here. Let's get some names on the table. First of all, the nice list. These are the nationally known retailers that are now using the name Christmas in their advertising and in their store signage, even though many of them did not for a time. Uh, Let's see, 1-800-Flowers, Banana Republic, Bed Bath & Beyond, Books A Million, Dillard's, H-E-B Stores, Harbor Freight, Home Depot, Joanne Fabrics, Kroger, Macy's, Menards, Pier 1 Imports, QVC.com, Shields Sporting, True Value, Ace Hardware, Bass Pro Shops, Belk Cabela's, Do It Best Hardware, hsn.com, Harris Teeter Stores, hy V Stores, Kirkland's, L.L. Bean, Marshall's, Michael Stores, Pro Flowers, Rite Aid, Super D Drug, Walmart, AFA Online Store. Bad uh, Bath and Body Works, Big Lots, Cracker Barrel, Dollar Tree, Hallmark, Hobby Lobby, JCPenney, no surprise on Hobby Lobby, of course, Kmart, Lowe's, Meyer, Neiman Marcus, Public, Sam's Club, Toys R Us, and Zappos. Uh, in the marginal category, pretty small category, these are the ones that A little bit of Christmas Christmas here and there, but for the most part, they avoid it. Academy Sports, Amazon of all places, Best Buy, CVS Pharmacy, Dollar General, Safeway, Sears, Starbucks, and Whole Foods. And then finally, the naughty list, these are just the Scrooges who refuse to use the name Christmas. Barnes & Noble, Dick's Sporting Goods, Family Dollar, Foot Locker, Gap, Kohl's, The Limited, Maurice's, Nordstrom, Office Depot, Office Max, Old Navy, PetSmart, Staples, Steinmart, Super Value, TJ Maxx, UncommonGoods.com, Victoria's Secret, and Walgreens. So that's the list. The names have been named. Now, as Christians, how do we respond to this, and should it matter to us? We're going to dive into all of that coming up next after the break on this National Crawford Roundtable podcast.
4: Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth For Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth For Life on your local Crawford broadcasting station or listen online at truthforlife.org. Please support this important ministry with your donations at the TruthfulLife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884. And be sure to let them know you heard about Truthful Life from the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Okay, gentlemen,
1: I threw out the the names on the American Family Association Naughty and Nice list. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And let's just, John, let me start with you. Uh, when you hear the names on this list, uh, does this matter should it matter, how should we as Christians look at stores who refuse to use the name Christmas in any of their advertising or store signage?
2: Personally, and I know some people may not like me saying this, but I, it's not an issue for me. I'm buying product. I'm buying what I feel is the best product for whatever my particular need is at that particular time. If a particular retailer has what I need... I'm buying it, no matter what list they're on. It's, it's just me, and and I'm not a boycotter. I'm not somebody that runs around. And but frankly, I'm not even looking at this list on an annual basis. Uh, I also know that there are a lot of uh, retailers out there that have independently owned and operated shops that are, you know, stores. I should say storefronts. That even though the corporate stance may be a particular way, the actual store that that franchisee owns may be completely different than what. You know the master stores are doing, or the company-owned stores are doing, for example. And and I know just from experience, there's a lot of those out there that work that way. So I typically look at what's going on at the particular local store that I'm going to. Uh, I'm also a guy that you know, if it's Thanksgiving and and it's it's right before it, and I'm walking out of the store, and you know, you know, and there's some greetings that are that are said, salutations are said. I will say Happy Thanksgiving. I will do the same thing at Christmas. I will do the same thing at New Year's. I also don't get offended if somebody says happy holidays. To me, it's just, I think at times as Christians, we get, all, you know, we get all worked up over things that, frankly, in my world just don't matter.
1: All right. So, Roger, what's your take on this? Uh, Merry Christmas, does it matter, should it matter if they refuse to use the word Christmas?
3: Well, in the words of the noted theologian Elvis Costello, I used to be disgusted, <laughs> and now I'm just amused. Okay. Um, when you get right down to this, this type of thing—that's from an old Elvis song—but um, uh-huh. the idea that there are people who, in this culture of ours, where so many people celebrate Christmas, and they celebrate Christmas because they're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it doesn't seem too difficult to say "Merry Christmas." And yet, I realize there's a whole generation of people who grew up thinking there was something wrong with saying merry christmas and so they're working in retail stores and whether it's the corporate policy or not they're not going to do it. For me personally, it doesn't bother me as much now when someone doesn't say merry christmas. I just kind of think, well that's kind of silly. I mean, it's christmas time. We're buying things for, you know, christmas presents or whatever. I was watching a television commercial the other night on I don't remember what the program was, but I just thought these poor people are just tying themselves in knots, trying not to say Merry Christmas. You know, It's, oh, this is what I wanted for the holidays. Have you done your holiday shot? You could tell, instead of just saying, this is what I want for Christmas. Even going to the point of the kids at the department store sitting on Santa Claus's lap, and they're saying, boy, I'm sure glad we're doing this holiday tradition. Well, what other holiday has Santa Claus? I mean, it's really not that hard just to say it. Right. But to, John, to John's point, I, I don't know that uh, you know, you've got a lot of different corporate stuff versus franchisee stuff. I've known people who are franchisees for major corporations where I knew these guys were Christians and they weren't necessarily buying into the corporate mindset. I'd watch the way they'd handle their business locally in terms of church activities and outreach and things like that. You really do have to take it case by case. But now it's not so much a question of saying I'm I'm mad at people for not saying Merry Christmas. I just kind of shake my head and wonder, why not? I mean, it's a safe bet to say Merry Christmas to someone and they're not going to sue you. But I guess that's kind of the culture that we live in these days.
0: What do you think, Neil? I lean way in the direction of what John Rush said. I I don't, I'm not a fan of policing other people. I, You know, it's the, the speck in, our, in someone else's eye, the log in our own eye kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying that Christians shouldn't be unaware of what's going on in the world. I think we should. So there is a place to be generally aware of stuff. I guess maybe where I jump off the bandwagon on this kind of thing is like when it becomes a focus and when... We waste a whole bunch of time trying to find out who's naughty and who's nice. And actually, then you got the marginal list. Uh, you know, you guys talked about the major retailers versus like the franchisees and stuff like that. Um, the major corporations versus the little guy who maybe isn't participating or isn't, you know, in lockstep with what the big company's saying. But like uh, as a for instance, Starbucks made the marginal list here which, by the way, Santa Claus must be really upset about because we've gone way outside the box of just naughty and nice. So AFA prints the marginal list, and on there is Starbucks, just as a for instance. Uh, We have a Starbucks across the street from WDCX here in Buffalo, New York. I sometimes buy coffee there. But um, as a for instance, the Family Research Council prints a list of major corporate supporters of Planned Parenthood, and they are on that list. So Starbucks is a major supporter of Planned Parenthood, but they're at least on the marginal list for AFA, so now there's the quandary, should I buy something there or not? I guess my point is, as Christians, we're so good at pointing out like stuff we shouldn't be doing or that other people shouldn't be doing. We're really good at pointing out what other people shouldn't be doing. And so then we get into these kind of conversations, and I just continue to say that I think this represents another distraction from what we're called to be as believers. Um, generally aware of what's going on in the world, yes, but spending a lot of time specifically trying to nitpick about what Christians ought to be doing. And really, honestly, that's what this conversation's about, and I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have it. I think we should, because hopefully we'll learn some things about what our true mandate and true calling is as believers. But, yeah, it just bothers me that, that, that Christians get once again noted and becomes a major media thing. Hey, did AFA, put out their list, everybody, check it out. Christians are against more stuff. And we do a pretty poor job of saying what we're for, I think, and I think that we ought to be people who talk about what we're for more than what we're against okay now let me ask that there isn't a place for it I just have a problem with the the imbalance I guess
1: sure now let me ask you about that though Neil because I and by the way I I tend to lean uh, toward the direction you guys are on this I'm probably a little bit closer to Roger I I don't think I'm as bothered by the American Family Association lists and those Christians who say well I'm gonna refuse to shop at that store because they don't use the word Christmas Uh, I'm not not as bothered by those people, Neil, as you and John are, although I don't look at it the same way as they do. I I tend to not care that much. It doesn't emotionally affect me at all. Uh, But there is part of me, I'll be honest, that feels like if you're going to treat the word Christmas like it's a curse word somehow, uh, I'm not going to... Nitpick. I'm not going to try to tell you you can't do what you want to do. You can do what you want to do, but uh, you are kind of sending a message that says Christian verbiage is really not welcome here. And if you're kind, of, if if you have that flavor about your business then maybe I ought to consider spending my money with your competitor. I wouldn't take the time to launch a boycott. I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be so offended. Oh, I'm not going to go in that store. I wouldn't have a bad attitude or any of that kind of stuff. If, I'm, if I need to get something and I go to the store and the closest store to me happens to be uh, an Old Navy, I'm not going to go out of my way to avoid Old Navy to drive farther to go to their competitor. But I don't mind admitting to you, if I got two stores right in front of me and one of them says Merry Christmas and the other one says, uh, you know, Happy Winter, and I look at the two of them, it will be enough for me to go, you know what? I'm going to go into the one that is more embraceive of Christian-type language instead of the one who's more opposed to using Christmas-type language. So it will affect me. But only if it's a very, very small decision to be made because they're right there next to each other. So, Neil, would it have any effect on you whatsoever if two stores right next to each other in the mall and one of them is we won't use the word Christmas and the other one does, is it literally a coin
0: toss for you or
1: does one hold any more weight than the
0: other? I'm gonna I'm gonna make you wait for that answer because I'm gonna take a, a break here. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah>. Oh, wow! <laughs> this is the cliffhanger. <laughs> I hate when they do stuff like this. You people in radio do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. All right.
0: Yeah. No. Hang on. I've got something I definitely want to say about that. I mean, right. We are gonna take a break and continue this conversation, and I think it's a conversation we do need to have. I mean, it's not an unimportant topic, but how we conduct ourselves as believers really does matter, and you know how we represent Christ. Uh, is of utmost importance because ultimately we want to be pointing people to him but we're going to be back and continue our conversation in just a moment
4: learn how to walk the narrow path with steve gregg with over 40 years of studying the bible steve gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life listen to the narrow path on your local crawford broadcasting station or online at the the narrow path is 100 percent listener supported Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support, and let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. We're talking about the alleged war on Christmas,
0: and just before the break, Bob, you were asking, like, if i standing in front of two stores, one said Merry Christmas and one said Happy Winter, <laughs> I don't I've know. I've never Whatever. seen before. Okay, you <laughs> what? know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Happy yes, Holidays, I, we'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I think it would, I'm being honest, I think it would influence my decision to some degree. It's possible because I can, you know, in my high school yearbook, in the, in the patron part in the back when they put little sayings and stuff, um, there was two patrons. One said Space Cadet Boron, the other one said Beep Beep, Earth to Neil. So it's possible that <laughs> I would completely miss those signs uh-huh. when I'm just thinking about the product I need to purchase. But if <laughs> right. I happen to notice them, I think it would to some degree influence my decision because I'm not unashamed of what christmas represents you know like i i'm a believer and we celebrate the birth of jesus and i think it should be a part of our life and we should be freely celebrating you know what happens at this time of year or at least what we point people to at this time of year because i think there's debate about whether or not december 25th was actually the birth of jesus but all of that said yes it would make some difference to me to some degree but again going back to the imbalance thing i was talking about earlier i mentioned that word like i think that Um, what really mostly matters to me is that we accurately portray the good news of the gospel because the Word of God says go into all the world and preach the gospel which means good news it doesn't say go into all the world and complain about what everybody else isn't saying in favor of the good news you believe in and I realize that's kind of a roundabout statement but that's kind of where I'm coming from in this I just think that it's there's a temptation on the part of believers to stand back and go well if they let us have our nativity scene in the public square and we're doing our job as Christians. And maybe that's not true. Maybe maybe the church really isn't doing its job of making disciples, you know, the great mandate that Jesus left us before he ascended to heaven. And I'm not trying to be, you know, Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be overly spiritual, um, because what I'm saying applies to me as much as anybody else. So I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying, I, I think we're famous for getting on bandwagons, And having this kind of emphasis that says, well, you know, look, here's evidence that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Truthfully, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And, you know, all of us have fallen short of God's glory. Only those who've received forgiveness from Jesus have had the veil lifted and understand anything at all about what truth and righteousness really looks like. So you've got a lost and dying world who doesn't know better, you know, emphasizing Kwanzaa and things, and giving them equal importance to Christmas, and that's maybe an offense to some of us, but I don't really think that's the battleground. We ought to be focusing on. Okay, you know? well, so, and let me ask hey, you about yeah.
1: that, Neil. It, since since this is the, the the Neil and Bob show, and you know who who cares about uh, <laughs> Roger and John. But <laughs> there's a war on Roger and John. Well, I'm not it. talking moment, to John right? Rush
0: anymore. <laughs> he made us look bad. Early. I know,
1: didn't he? Really, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but Neil, now let me ask you. Okay, Devil's Advocate. Let me push back just a little bit. Why can't we do both? I mean, I agree with you that we should not. Focus on and make our focus the hey, here's what we're against, you know, and the, the angry Christian who's always complaining about culture. I, I know that those people are out there and they don't make us look good, I agree. But can't we uh, share the love of Christ, show what we're for, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, bring people to Him, while at the same time, in a Christ like way, saying, you know, something. Uh, I would prefer retailers not treat the word Christmas as though it's some kind of curse word in need of censorship. Uh, I really prefer retailers who who, who aren't anti the use of the word Christmas. I can say that in a loving Christ-like way, walk and chew Mm -hmm. gum at the same time while I am not focusing on that, making that an angry focus. Uh, but just making that one of the branches on the tree of my life as a Christian interacting in this world while primarily
0: spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, if primarily spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ was what we actually do. But, you know, when people get honest and they say how much time they actually spend reading their Bible or how much they actually give when they're in church or how often they actually share their faith with someone else— all I'm trying to say is that I think it's easy to jump on these kind of bandwagons. And by the way, I'm not sorry we're talking about it. I think it's a great topic. Sure. But that that we jump on these kind of bandwagons because then it allows us to pat ourselves on the back and feel like we're doing a great job as believers when, in fact, we're actually missing the primary calling of what we were meant to be, you okay. know, salt and light in the midst of a lost and dying world. And, and that means proclaiming the good news, the truth of who Jesus is, as opposed to talking about... How we're under persecution because um, because others aren't happy with the celebration of Christmas. So anyway, it's there's a lot more to say, and I know we've got a lot more to talk about. But that's that's well, kind of where I stand.
1: That we do. I know we're going to be uh, taking a bottom of the hour break in, in just about a minute. But Roger, let me toss this over to you. Uh, what about what Neil is saying? I I mean I understand. I agree with what he's saying, but I I don't completely agree because I do feel like we ought to engage some of these issues in our culture and we ought to be able and willing as Christians to speak up and say, you know, I don't like how Christians are being slighted in this way and I have a voice, I'm going to let my voice be heard as long as it's in a Christ-like way and as long as that doesn't become my passion that's bigger than my passion for Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah, I think one of the things that what we see in the culture has been indicative to us in terms of where the culture is, is we look at all these war on Christmas things. We don't want you to have your nativity scene in the town square and that type of stuff. And the idea that we as Christians can learn from that and say, wait. This is where the culture really is, and so I know we'll talk more about this in the second half of the podcast, but I think it's kind of a both end of what you guys are talking about, and it's fun just kind of sitting in the eye of the hurricane here as All well. Right. As this conversation.
1: Well, well, let's do this, because in the second half of this, Roger, I want to kind of give you a chance to expound on that maybe a little bit and how we should look at this and then get uh, John in on it as well. Uh, we will continue in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast talking about these issues of, as Christians, how do we handle these so-called War on Christmas and... Uh, and the naughty and nice lists and retailers and the backlash from it, and how do we, as Christians, look at all of uh, all of these issues and debates. Uh, we will continue next in this second half hour. You can also download uh, and listen to this discussion on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast at Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and more. You can also find it online at CrawfordBroadcasting.com. Continuing this National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with... Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh, the bottom line, out of Southern California. John Rush, Rush to Reason from Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco. Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. And so, Roger, before the break, we are talking about uh, what Neil was saying about, you know, to a certain extent, you know, come on, let's be for Jesus. Let's not be the angry Christians who are out there making such a focus out of uh, what we're against and Christians are being so slighted and such. Uh, I agree with him, but only to a certain extent. I, I think I, I do feel that it's right and appropriate for us as Christians to make sure that our passion is first and foremost the gospel of Jesus Christ, but that there are other tangential issues that are worthy of discussion, and one of those is, hey, if you're going to treat the word Christmas like it's uh, like it's a curse word, then I'm just going to let you know I don't like that, and I would rather see our culture be a little bit more Christian-friendly in its verbiage and if I've got a voice that can kind of slow down the complete, total secularization of our culture, why not utilize that voice as long as that doesn't become my primary passion, Roger?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think the point that you make is an excellent one. It really does kind of dovetail nicely with what, what Neil's saying. It, I think it's a both end. I think that, yes, we do need to put our focus first and foremost on going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every nation. That's a biblical mandate in Matthew 28. At the same time, we've grown up, all of us are about the same age. We've grown up in a country where it was very easy to just talk about your faith and no one really challenged it. And over the past 10, 15 years, as secularism and progressivism has kind of moved its way into the forefront, now we're on the defensive, if you will, in terms of people saying, you know, we've gone from Christian America to post-Christian America to anti-Christian America to where anything that has to do with, with Christianity is bad. So therefore, Christmas, well, we can't talk about Christmas by name because it's awful. I think if, as long as our hearts are in the right place you know I think that's where one of the problems what perhaps the reason why so many people have a negative reaction to Christianity in the public square is because the default position was always let's have a protest let's have a rally I mean I think back to the movie the Last Temptation of Christ 30 years ago it would have been a dumb little art house movie that no one paid attention to but faith leaders got on their Soapboxes and their radio stations, and said, This is terrible, it's an abomination. And we wound up fueling the flyer of, Oh, well, the Christians are against it. We should go see it. It had the largest per screen average of, it was on thousands of screens instead of the six that it needed to be released on to get Scorsese nominated for an Academy Award. So sometimes our passions can get really out of control. So I, I really do th- see this as a both end. Yes, to Neil's point, we can engage the culture and say this is what we're about. But to Bob's point, too, it's like when someone says we want to have a satanic black mass in the public square or an atheist demonstration or what's the other thing? The, uh, the, uh, the, there's a pastafarian group that likes to put like displays of pasta colanders and stuff. I, hmm. I'm not making this up. Yeah. At, at Christmas time, say right next to the right next to the nativity scene, there's a guy with you well, know, th- a that's a play on, on the head.
1: flying spaghetti monster because yep. that's a term go, used right. to mock yeah. uh, people yeah. who believe in God.
3: Exactly. So, they, so they'll do that, but they're, they're getting the same credence in the courts as, uh, as we are. So we do have to stand our ground, and we were just in a Bible study last night looking at Matthew 5 and 6, saying, hey, if someone strikes your cheek, turn the other one too. We have to be willing to take the blows and not expect that everything's going to go our way. But yeah, we do need to take that stand with grace and love and compassion.
1: Yeah, well, John, what's your, your take on this?
2: Yeah, and you know a lot of what you guys are saying, I you know, really don't know that I can— argue with, and to your point, Bob, if there are injustices going on, especially you know if in, if, if there is in fact a war on Christmas, then yeah we, we as Christians need to stand up you know stand our ground and do whatever we can to try to fix some of those things accordingly, on the same token, I think where I struggle with this is in in Bob, like you, you know running retail operations and being on that side of the counter for more than 35 years of my career and, and knowing what goes on in that world and also knowing that in this naughty list that's even put out by AFA that there will be good solid Christians, at Christmas time, working at some of these organizations that are on the naughty list that in some cases might even have their paycheck affected by us not buying something there or buying something there, uh, you know, to me it's one of those things where I think we have to be really, really careful as Christians in who we're trying to penalize with what we're doing, because at the end of the day, we, we might actually be penalizing a fellow Christian that works at one of these organizations.
1: All right, now let me ask you about that, okay, because the, I, I agree with you that we would end up potentially injuring some Christians who work there, and it's like that's not their fault. Uh, Does that mean, though, that we don't try to affect positive change? And here's what I mean by that. I think we would all agree that if we had our preferences – We would prefer more retailers to be willing to use the word Christmas. We would prefer a retailer to say Merry Christmas than Happy Holidays. It's not a coin toss for us. We have more of a preference for Merry Christmas, but maybe not a a passion and it doesn't emotionally affect us. And
2: for me personally, just to jump in real quick, I don't care. You can say either because holiday is... Holy Day. And by the way, there's a lot more days than Christmas that we celebrate this time of year, including Advent, Thanksgiving, New Year's. I mean, there's a lot of things going on this time of year, and there's times, I think, even as Christians, we start splitting hairs on Happy Holidays versus Merry Christmas. Okay,
1: well, Season's Greetings, then. Let's take something that doesn't even have Holy Day in it, okay? If I had a choice between Merry Christmas and Season's Greetings. I would rather uh, retail stores say Merry Christmas I would rather them also sell nativity scenes along with Santa Clauses uh, I, you know I would rather them have th- th- an acknowledgement of the Christian aspect of of uh, Christmas instead of just completely secularizing it now I'm not passionate about it. It's not a driving force. I'm not, not out there picketing and carrying signs or whatever, but that is my preference. So if that is my preference, I now look at the AFA naughty and nice list. And you know, I've been you know every year just as part of my radio show, it's like, okay, I've looked at this list. I haven't taken any action based on it, but I've looked at it and I've noticed something. A lot of the names on the quote unquote nice list were on the naughty list just 5 years ago the naughty list was a lot longer than the nice list because the the number of re, the, the trend was let's purge christmas and religiosity of any kind from christmas it was because of the AFA and liberty council and groups like this and the backlash that a bunch of christians started saying well you know maybe i'll just shop at their competitor then because if if they don't if they're anti a Christian language, then they're kind of sending out a message that we have a hostile attitude toward anything Christian. So why would I want to go into a hostile place when I'll go over there and there? But what happened is a lot of these retailers started realizing this isn't in our best interest. And so they went back to, you know, Lowe's went back to calling their Christmas trees, Christmas trees. They called them holiday trees for, or winter trees. And it's like, no, 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 let's go back to calling them Christmas trees now. So the fruit that's been produced is we now have more retailers using the term Merry Christmas, being willing to sell nativity scenes and calling their trees, Christmas trees. We have a higher percentage of them doing that now than there were five years ago. So, positive fruit has been produced, therefore shouldn 't we see uh, shouldn 't we see john these these uh, naughty and nice lists positively as a positive sign because they have ultimately produced good fruit
2: yeah i 'm not opposed to somebody you know creating a a categorical list per se of retailers. in fact, we do this all the time, and, and, and that 's just part of what happens in the retail environment as well all i 'm saying is I just think we need to be careful as Christians, how much we either, you know, give someone business or penalize someone. I'm, I'm, again, coming from the retail background that I come from, I'm still one that says, I'm going to shop where I can get the best quality, the best service, and, and I'm just one of those that I don't care if it says Happy Holidays, seasons, gre- seasons Greetings, or Merry Christmas, that the product I'm looking for is at the price I want to pay and the service behind it backs it up, I'll still shop there. That's just me.
1: All right. Now, Roger, let me toss this over to you because I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I do care, not to the level that some of the activists do, okay, but... I do care that I I would like to see our culture and society, even though, Neil's right, we are going to a hell in a handbasket. That is happening. We know that our our culture and society is getting more and more ungodly. But it's like if I was on the Titanic, I know I can't stop it from sinking, but I'm still going to bail water because if I, I can slow down the sinking, I want to try. And I would like for the culture around me to still consider Christian-type language of uh, normal and woven into the lexicon of, of the community. To me, I think that that's a better and healthier environment uh, instead of completely going totally secular. And so if I see a retailer who's like, no, I'm going to treat Christmas like it's a negative word, th- there is a part of me that goes, well, I wish you wouldn't do that. I'm not going to launch a boycott against you. I'm not going to go on an angry LGBT activist slash and burn campaign against your business But I am going to let you know I wish you wouldn't do that because I don't think that Christmas ought to be considered a dirty word.
3: Yeah, and for so many people, it is, unfortunately. I would imagine that a lot of the retailers who have gone out of their way to say happy holidays and season's greetings as opposed to Merry Christmas, when they're at home talking with their friends, are saying, hey, what are you guys doing for Christmas? You know, I mean, so they, I, I don't think it's a dirty word in their homes and in their personal lives. It's just something that they've been taught this is the way it has to go. Uh, to, to, to Neil's point that he made earlier about the, 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 the naughty and nice list, when you start doing boycotts, It really is difficult because there are some people who are on the naughty list or the nice list here on AFA's list that didn't make FRC's list. And so, you know, at what point do you stop? You know, you can't have this selective outrage. It's got to be, you know, consistent and all the way through. And quite frankly, if we were going to boycott everyone that we had a problem with regarding our Christian faith, we probably wouldn't shop anywhere. You know, we we wouldn't be using any of this equipment that we're using right now to do this podcast because you could probably find some pebble in somebody's shoe that would make things really, really miserable. I like the fact that more and more retailers are saying, you know, we should do this and Merry Christmas and that type of thing. If for no other reason, if Christians have used our influence in a good way, not in a we're going to burn down your store if you don't change your policy way, but rather, you know, I mean, if, if I'm a retailer and even if I'm not a Christian own business. And I look at the fact that the Christians are a huge market for me at Christmas time. I'm going to pay attention to the fact that if they stop shopping at my store, because I don't say Merry Christmas, that maybe I better start doing that. You know, even if I don't necessarily have that pension for saying that's my faith and that's my belief. um, But Boycotts are tricky, uh, that's, that's for sure But this, I'm really enjoying this conversation And we'll take a quick break here and continue with it We're talking about the war on Christmas Here on the National Crawford Roundtable
4: Dr. Michael Yusuf leads the way For people living in spiritual darkness To discover the light of Jesus Christ This tremendous outreach begins With the proclamation of God's word Through the uncompromising biblical teaching Of Dr. Michael Yusuf. Leading the Way is here to equip and strengthen the church to stand strong and to advance the gospel in today's ever-changing world. Listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef at ltw.org slash listen, and be sure to mention you heard about their program on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast.
3: Welcome back to the National Crawford Roundtable. I'm Roger Marsh, host of the Bottom Line Show in Southern California, along with John Rush, Rush to Reason in Denver, uh, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show in uh, Detroit, and Neil Boron, host of Neil Boron Live wdcx in in buffalo this uh this war on christmas guys is it's very very interesting and i, I i'm curious about uh you know the another aspect of this too and bob i'll, I'll kick this back to you because i i know that you probably have a heart for this having been a retail owner um the commercialization of christmas just the, where we are right now i mean we're talking about our faith in christ and celebrating the birth of our savior our, the reason for our salvation and yet it has become so commercialized what's your take on Christians who say, well, I'm really mad about the war on Christmas, but I'm going to overcharge my credit cards at Christmas time because I want to buy all sorts of nice things for my family. <laughs> it is. See, here's what part of
1: the problem is, is that I, uh, I enjoy Christmas and I always go overboard at Christmas. And my wife is the one who's telling me, you you know, the kids don't need that much stuff, you know, and, and with the grandkids now, it's like, I, I go overboard. And so my wife is the one who pulls me back on that. Uh, so I, you know, I can't I can't condemn that because I, I need to be preaching to the choir here. At the same time, I do genuinely believe that we we as Christians we want to shine the light of Christ and part of what I think we want to do is try to keep, Christ in Christmas, you know, we have these cliches. Jesus is for the is the reason for the season, you know, and he is uh, to Neil's point earlier. And we all know he wasn't born on December twenty fifth, of course, uh, but Jesus is the reason for this season. I want that to stay front and center. And so, I, when I see the commercialization of Christmas, I understand we live in a secular society, and so okay, fine. I'm not offended by the commercialization per se. But I also, as a Christian, don't want to be silent on the reminding everybody, of, by the way, this is about Jesus. You know, it's not about, you know, Santa Claus or it's not just about wintry wonderland. Uh, this really is about celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And I just kind of want to remind everybody of that. And that kind of weaves into my discussion about the the signage and using the term Merry Christmas and whatever. Uh, But as believers, we we need to remind ourselves of this too, that this really is about Jesus Christ. It's celebrating the fact that he came to earth, took on humanity to allow himself the degradation of human life so that he could shed his blood and die for our salvation and and reconciling us back unto God. I mean, this is such a big, big deal that he did I know a non-believing world doesn't get that. Okay, fine. But as believers, as Christians, and Neil, maybe I'll toss this over to you now. Uh, This is something I think a lot of the church is, in fact, losing sight of. We know the world doesn't see Jesus as a reason for the season, but unfortunately, many of us as Christians are forgetting that (laughs) this really is about Jesus Christ and and what he did, not some, you know, babe in a manger nativity scene.
0: Yeah, and I get that, and I... share your your thoughts your concerns and there's there's a lot of facets to a conversation like this and way more than than could probably be discussed during a single podcast or during any one of our sound bites you know as as additions to a conversation Mm -hmm. like this so i just want to kind of say it's it's more complicated than just slapping some kind of cliche on it and feeling good about ourselves but I, i um I'm thinking several things. I mean, we did the show on uh, capitalism. Was Jesus a capitalist or a socialist, you know, and where do we stand on that? And I think that all of us pretty much landed on the idea that capitalism represents freedom, and so we're pro-capitalism. So we want to see, you know, corporations and individuals prosper and I really enjoy hearing you guys talk about your experience with retail i 've never owned a business i 've never been in a situation of standing behind the counter hoping that people will come and purchase products and services so I can feed my family that that 's a really interesting perspective that we need to think about when we have these kind of conversations so we want cash registers ringing at Christmas time because that 's good for the economy it 's good for business and stuff but then there's the dilemma that you just described about consumerism and materialism and you know we we want so much stuff and we're trying to accumulate things and yet we say we serve a God who had no Jesus who had no place to lay his head right so he he obviously wasn't one who possessed a lot of material goods so there's like that dilemma going on and then on top of it all and this is way off on a tangent but let me throw it in because it, it really speaks to some of our conversation earlier I'm thinking about like if we could get in an airplane and fly to Afghanistan or Lebanon or Syria or something and have a meeting with a half dozen people who are scheduled to be beheaded by ISIS tomorrow and ask them, hey, uh, how does it make you feel to think that the corporations are either being favorable to the word Christmas or, or they're refusing to use the word Christmas? How does that make you feel? Like, <laughs> it would be a ridiculous question to ask, because they're about to lose their lives for the sake of Christ tomorrow. Um, I don't think they would even care about a conversation like that. So back to the U.S. for a second. I think these kind of things matter. Um, and i think it you know the whole boycott thing does it does it really help or hurt that much is it really effective does it have the uh, is it counterproductive like with what roger was talking about earlier and the last temptation of christ and do we create more problems than we actually solve i don't know the answers to any of this stuff but i think it needs to come into the mix when we talk about it and uh i'm bothered by the emphasis on stuff i'm bothered by how christmas has become about acquiring things and the kids you know get way too much stuff i i just think I think there's more to life than just acquiring things, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a concern for sure, but I, I, I would much rather talk about what's going to matter for eternity. And even in saying that, uh, I slapped myself on the back of the head for a second saying, I don't want to be that guy that's like Mr. Christian, Mr. Holier-than-thou. That's not where my heart is at. Please understand. I just think that in conversations like this, we need to pull back the camera once in a while and go, like, what's actually going on here? What are we actually Accomplishing by being all about gift giving, or or being minimalists, or you know mm-hmm. all about using the word Christmas, or not. What's the long term effect? Are lives being transformed if we support, you know, Starbucks or not? Are, are people coming to faith in Christ or not because in the end that's what's going to matter
1: yeah, so. John let me I'm this, way off base. let me throw that over to you John here because I know we got to go to a yeah. break again yeah, in we need another minute or two here uh, but your take on what Neil's saying and just to a certain extent how we even handle and as Christians how we should look at the whole commercial commercialization of Christmas aspect.
2: And well said. And, Neil, I appreciate all you said. And, guys, let's do that. We've got a time right now. Let's just take a quick break. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable. Dr. James Dobson
4: left a successful career in academia to preserve and promote the biblical family in America. The radio broadcasting ministry of Dr. Dobson spans over four decades, earning him 17 honorary doctorate degrees and an induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Dobson continues to champion marriage and parenthood through family talk. Listen every weekday at drjamesdobson.org, dot org, and be sure to reference the National Crawford Roundtable podcast when asked how you listen to Family Talk.
2: All right, and we are back, National Crawford Roundtable. Myself, Roger, Neil, and Bob, and and yeah, to Neil's point, I, there is, and when we see this, we see it actually, guys, twenty four seven. 365 days a year it doesn't just happen at christmas time there's huge commercial commercialization uh, we all and and, and I, I will say i'm as guilty of this as anyone we all have too much stuff i mean we as a society have so much stuff that one of the best things to own in this country and i wish i did is mini storage i mean owning mini storage where people can go put more stuff in them and pay a monthly fee. I mean, that's the, that's the epitome of excess, and we as a country have that. And yet, with all of that, we still are a giving nation. We as Christians are extremely giving. In fact, the conservatives get far outgive what happens on the left. And I think, you know, guys, when it's all said and done, perspective is what we're really talking about here. And I think it's important for us in our own lives and what we can influence in the lives of others to keep things in perspective. And I'm not one to say there's anything wrong with stuff as long as our perspective is correct and we're doing things with the stuff in a way that, you know, that that, that, that embolds Christ and, and you know, futures the... The the kingdom, if you are, you know, grows the kingdom, I should say. And so when we look at Christmas, and this is why I'm not so big on, you know, where the stuff comes from, because while I'm in that store, even if it happens to be a store that maybe is not quote-unquote Christmas friendly, I'm going to be Christmas friendly when I'm in that store. I'm going to be Christmas friendly to the people that are waiting on me, and I am going to say Merry Christmas on my way out the door. Is that going to have a positive effect? I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm not being negative with them, and I Mm -hmm. hope I can have a positive effect on them.
1: Right. Well, let's do this. As we kind of wind down this this podcast today, I want to bring it back full circle and kind of close with, with how we started this, the, the, the naughty and nice list, the uh, Christians applying pressure to businesses who have adopted policies that are considered hostile toward anything Christian. And do we try to in any way apply pressure to businesses to get them to change their policies back toward a more Christian receptive policy. And I wanted to throw out, I want to tell you guys a a quick anecdote, and I'm curious to get your take on this. It's it's something that actually happened with me. I tend to not be one of those activist organizer kind of guys, but I inadvertently became an activist on my show at one time a few years ago with with a local business, and I just want to tell you about what happened. Uh, Here in Michigan, there's a, a fairly big and well-known chain of movie theaters called MJR theaters. Uh, Now, I know AMC theaters are nationwide. You guys probably have AMCs where you are, but you probably don't have MJR theaters. I I think that they're more of a a Michigan thing. Uh, But personally, I like MJR theaters, and my wife and I go see movies at MJR all the time on a regular basis. Well, I get an email from a, a, a listener and it had to do with the advertisements at MJR because before the, before the trailers for the upcoming movies start, uh, they, would pl- they would put up various commercials on the screen for different local advertisers. And it's like, okay, fine. And most theaters do this. Oh, well, anyway, I get an email from a pastor. And the pastor said, uh, you know, we purchased some ad, ad time on MJR theaters. And there was nothing controversial about the ad. It was just a picture of a church with a family walking up the sidewalk, and, uh, and all it said is, come worship with us, we welcome you. And it had the name of the church. That's all it was, so nothing controversial. Uh, he said, anyway, we sent them uh, our check and uh, signed a contract with the salesperson. The corporate office ordered that our check be sent back to us and said, we won't advertise churches, Okay. Uh, So anyway, I got this email from this listener. Well, I mentioned it on my show. And in mentioning it on my show, I started getting a bunch of listeners calling in going, really, MJR Theaters refuses to allow a church to advertise? They're that hostile toward churches? Well, maybe we'll just start going to AMC Theaters. So some of my callers started saying that. Well, while that's happening, I see another email uh, from MJR Theater's corporate offices saying the CEO of the company would like you to call him after the show. <laughs> so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Nice. So uh, so anyway, I, I get off the air and I call over there and they put me through to the president and the CEO of MJR Theater's. And this guy is an atheist. Okay, uh, And he was very... Hostile and angry, to, and he's got a hostile attitude toward toward churches in general. And He's like, you know what? If I don't want to advertise churches, I don't have to. This is America. And I said, hey, look. I said, I, I'm being very polite and respectful. I said, hey, listen, I'm not on an anti MJR kick. I said it's not that. I said, and you're right. You have a right not to advertise churches. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna launch some boycott campaign against you. I said, but I got to be honest with you. I think that Christians have a right to be upset and offended if you consider us offensive. If you consider churches and Christians such an offensive thing that you don't want them dirtying up your screens, then I think Christians have an understandable right to say, you know what, we're not welcome in your house. Okay, fine, we'll go across the street to AMC. And if they choose to do that, that's their business. But, you know, we have money and we spend it too. And I don't think there's any reason for you to discriminate against churches, even though you have a right to do that. And he said, well, again, I have a right to spend my money where I want. I said, I understand it, but Christians have a right to spend their money where they want to. And if someone is blatantly uh, anti-Christian, then I can understand where some people are going to say, well, then fine. I don't feel welcome in your theaters if that's what your attitude is toward us. And so uh, he, he ended up softening up, and he said, you know what, that, that is fair. He said, that, that is a fair point that you make. And so we talked about that a little bit, and I was like, look, we're not a bunch of angry jerks. We're not, that's not how it is. I said, but we're people who spend money, and we enjoy MJR theaters, and I like MJR theaters. I enjoy your theaters. I think they're better than AMC. Uh, I said, but you know, I, I don't think that we ought to be viewed in a negative light to where we're discriminated against, and our, our, our advertising dollars aren't welcome. And he goes, no, you know what? He said, you make a really good and fair point. And I'll tell you what. He said, I'll, how about I change my policy on that? And I said, oh, that would be great. I would love that. And I said, I'll go on. I'll let my audience know. And so I next day, I went on the air and I told my audience, hey, listen, just so everybody knows, MJR, I talked to the guy. He, he's there changing their policies. And uh, ever since then, you see churches advertising in MJR theaters, okay, which is great. Now, we had a nice cordial conversation with each other. But you know what? I think there was positive fruit produced from that. And afterward, I'm glad that I happened to mention it on the show that they refused church advertising because I think it produced a positive outcome in the end. And I think it was better that this company realized, "Eh, you know what? I've ruffled some Christian feathers, and maybe they don't really deserve to be ruffled, and I would like their money anyway, so let me change my policies. And now churches are able to advertise there. I think that was a good thing, guys. But I understand yeah. that there are some Christians who are going to look at that and go, Bob. Bottom line is you were causing trouble and you know whatever, and and that may be. So
0: I'll just I, in our last I couple of minutes, in. throw it out to you guys. Man, I love that story. But emphasis on the word conversation. Like you, you demonstrated Christ in the midst of a conversation. You stated yeah. your concerns. You represented Christ well. You stood for truth and righteousness, but you did it in love, and a heart was transformed. A mind was changed. You know, like something po- that is that's very positive fruit. But to go back to what John Rush said earlier, you know, if he goes into a store that doesn't necessarily celebrate Christmas, on the way out, he's going to say Merry Christmas. Right. He looks over his shoulder, but he's going to do it in a kind and respectful way, in a way that builds relationship and stuff. And so, I I love what you just said, Bob. I mean, that's exactly what I think we ought to be doing in this kind of a situation. That's all I have to say about it. Well, Roger, if
1: if I got the green light from Neil, then I guess I'm
3: okay. Yeah, I, think, so I was, I was, I was afraid good. that
0: Neil was going to be like, Bob, really, man, <laughs> going out there
1: causing no trouble. No, but I'll just echo <laughs> no.
3: what Neil said, though. I mean, it's all about relationship. And I'm gra- grateful that this guy actually did reach out to you and, tr- and want to engage. And uh, you handled like a pro like we knew you would. Um, if we can have more of these types of conversations, I think that's far more effective than saying, let's launch a nationwide boycott and not give you as much information as you really need. Because when you actually got into it, you know, mano a mano, uh, you, you a heart was able to be changed because God spoke through you, and I think that's fantastic. No,
1: I would much rather the guy come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That, to me, would be the, the most important well, thing than changing a corporate that policy. That may have been the first step. Uh, you know what? Maybe. For all we know, the guy could have family member and whatever them are witnessing to him left and right, and maybe here's a thing where somebody plants a seed, and all oh, one of those you know right-wing religious zealot talk show hosts and I talk to the guy and it's like, hey, what do you know? The guy's normal and right. decent and nice and cordial yeah. and maybe those Christians Amen. aren't, you know, so it's, you know, it, maybe it's a one of 5,000 seeds that ends up get, getting planted and 5,001 somewhere down the road ends up uh, reaping the harvest, so... Uh, yeah great conversation, uh, gentlemen, and uh, don't forget, everybody, you can listen to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast uh, by downloading and subscribing to the podcast. It's available at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. You can also go online to Crawford Broadcasting. Dot com and Neil Boron Neil Boron live out of Buffalo New York Roger Marsh from the bottom line in Southern California John Rush Rush to Reason out of Denver myself Bob Duco out of Detroit gentlemen always great catching up with you thank you so much and uh, Neil we'll let you rush back out to the stores because I know you're anxious to get out there to the stores and just go like a shopaholic maniac so exactly mm-hmm. but I'm going
0: to be in line behind John Rush who's out <laughs> buying apparel for his wife as we speak <laughs> <laughs> there that's we that's go
1: true. ho ho well, listen, uh, happy holidays and season's greetings, everybody. Yeah. Merry, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bob. Bob. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. You're listening to, right. to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, everybody. God bless.
0: This has been the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a biblical view of culture, current events, and politics. Thank you for joining us. Download and subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. National Crawford Roundtable podcast returns with a new discussion each week. Be sure to watch for the notification on your podcast app. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting Company production.